in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top Ten. I'm John Roca, and I am Matt Nost. Welcome into another week of movie discussion here on the Top Ten. Today, we're doing our favorite movies released in October over the last decade, so from 2012 to 2022. Uh, makes for an interesting list. I mean, we settled yeah. on because the releases this weekend. We couldn't settle on a topic that we hadn't done. Yeah. Nothing really jumped out. Um, so then we were like, well, why not just look at everything that's been released in October? Originally, we started at 2000 and started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, boy, that's uh, too many movies. <laughs> I text you, God bless you. You had already done your list. I did. I knew this was going to be a, a, bi- a big one. So I just took a couple hours on Saturday while I was uh, watching college football. And just picked out a bunch of movies and then ranked them as I was watching it. But it took two hours uh, because of the battles I was having internally. And sometimes I put the list down and then like pick it back up again and look at it. And so I'm really happy with this choice. So when you texted me and you're like, well, let's keep it at the last 10 years. I was like, oh, okay, that's going to be a lot easier to. to Still tough that. though. Yeah. Well, true. 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 I mean, in the last 10 years, because. I think it was 2000 or like 2006. There were, there were a couple, just a couple yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, those will make, there's a bunch of, well, if, if, if this pattern continues, yeah, 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 then it's good to have all these options. And I already had like, you know, half a page mm-hmm. just going through, but of those literally two, maybe three were in genuine contention. But I was like, you know what? There's a lot of, okay. Only one comes out every once and again. Right. Right. And then, as we were getting closer and closer, actually 2012, right around then, a little bit before, yeah. and then the next few years thereafter, it's like, but it's like, man, there's a lot to choose from. It's so interesting. And then other years, nothing. There's not even anything that would sniff. <laughs> but some of that can be chalked up to, you know, 20 and 21 is the pandemic. Yeah. There's not a lot out there. Yeah. Uh, there, there were a couple that were decent. Although I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front for this year. Yeah. Um, the new trailer dropped today as we're recording this, which I haven't watched yet. But everyone I've spoken to or seen the posts that they've seen the movie can't stop talking about how great it is. Yeah. So I can't. It's coming, what, in another 10 days or something? Or eight days, because 28th, I think, is when it comes out on Netflix. Okay. Is that the official? Because- yeah. Yeah. On some, it said, "Well, it's technically it's already released." And I'm like, "What limited release area <laughs> do you live? In? Is this? Yeah, <laughs> I live in the film capital of the world, and uh, I don't know. It might be playing yeah. somewhere out here. I haven't specifically looked because I just assumed it wasn't coming to the end of the month. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I even saw one person say that already saw it. Um, it's amazing. It's everything that I wish 1917 had been. And I'm like, what? What didn't you like about 1917? <laughs> Who are you? Because clearly you like these types of movies. 
And something about that was unfulfilling. What? Although they are saying, I guess the rumor right now being floated is the kid, the main lead from 1917, mm-hmm. is uh, WB's odds-on favorite to take over for Ezra Miller? For? The Flash? Well, that's funny because, I mean, the new article that came out on Monday on THR saying that they are already writing the sequel to The Flash and that Ezra Miller is staying on. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, because WB is just feels like right now a free for all who knows what you can rely on in terms of news coming out of that studio you know so. yeah i don't it's hard to make heads or tails and i don't know if that's how good that source was right, right. or if it's all just part of the never-ending somebody says one thing and then it gets picked up yeah and the yeah. validity of that is unfair and unverifiable yeah although the other reason I gave it credence is, well, you guys got to find someone because this yeah. dude is not the solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if the movie is the greatest superhero movie of all time, he is beyond problematic. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they uh, is it they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're um, came out. I did not uh, know that. No, no worries. Yeah, a few months ago they came out with their pronouns and the, it's they. Um, but yeah, you're 100 percent right. They they are a problem. They are an issue. Issa Rae called it out in an interview uh, with L, speaking about how this studio is covering for him, for them, and the fact that they are writing a sequel, uh, at least according to these reports, already for that film. They clearly have high hopes for that film. It's equivalent to the hopes they had Paramount did with Top Gun Maverick, and they clearly were right. So I don't know if WB is right. I kind of trust Paramount's track record a little bit more than I do WB Discovery right now. So. We'll see if they were right about the film, but I agree with you. Even if the film is fantastic, they're a lot of trouble. And I think it's a bad message to send to other actors or younger actors that you can fuck around and do all this stuff. And guess what? You're still going to retain your franchise. And that's not a good message to send. Yeah, this this isn't 1950s Hollywood anymore. Right, right, right. You can't just gloss over the scandals because the average person doesn't know. Now everybody knows. Right. We have video footage mm. of Miller in in situations that seems like, boy, you it seems like you need medical help. Yes, that's the number one thing that comes through for sure. It seems um, like you need medical help. It, or something. You yeah. need to talk to somebody. Intervention. Of some kind. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know the full details. I, I only know what I've seen, read, and heard. Right. But right. all of them continue to point in one direction <laughs> which is not a good basically it's staring into the abyss <laughs> and the abyss is staring back and that's a cold dark place Ooh. Um, Ooh. so yeah yeah I don't if the, so the 1917 guy was like oh, great great let's but the, the fact of the matter is in DC landscape, I really only care about Batman. Right. So it doesn't make any difference to me, you know, who they put in that role. Right. Right. Um, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Batman, I have opinions about. I will defer to everybody else's opinions who have greater love of the characters. Right. right. That, oh, I'm a huge, you know, whatever the, the case is. Okay. Well, I'd love to hear because you've spent more time with the character than I have. Right. Uh, and on the Marvel side, like I have definitive opinions about several, but then there are others where it's just like, I, I got nothing. 
<laughs> well, I mean, Deadpool, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the from what I'd seen online, it's like, oh, it seems like Ryan Reynolds would be a good fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But had someone who had read the comics and known it much better than I said, actually, I think this person would be like, okay, well, you, I, I haven't read the comics. I don't know. So if if you've got a you know great Aquaman or Wonder Woman recast or something like that, I'm willing to hear it because I'd never yeah. read their comics. Whereas Batman, yeah, I, I have di- distinct opinions. Yeah, strong strong tastes. Yeah, on that situation. Yeah, and and as far as Superman, I hope they bring back Henry. Who the fuck knows? But it, I don't know. The fact yeah. that they're still dangling this bullshit mm. makes me think like it's never going to happen. So. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Might, might as well just go ahead and finish with the hangman's you know, <laughs> noose and just fucking take him out, man. It didn't snap his neck and he's just slowly asphyxiating. Somebody go, you know, pull on his legs to put yeah. him out of his misery. <laughs> Much as I would love to see his neck be able to sort of soldier through and break the rope and fucking win. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's the case. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a good point. Good point. But uh, yeah, Ezra, I think it's time to go, man. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I, actually, I actually, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, but yeah, but we're going to be uh, diving into these movies here, having some fun, uh, breaking them down. Matt, um, real quick, the NBA season has started. Uh, have you been, Have you? are you back on the drop in dimes? Have you done a preview? What's the situation? Oh, uh, unfortunately, I'm not bringing it back. Oh, no. Why? Is it time consumption? It well. It's more so, so I have a few projects coming up. Oh, nice. And I, uh, I'd always committed myself when I was doing that show. I'm watching minimum X number of games per gotcha, week. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I can't make that commitment solidly. Yeah. So then to get on air once a week and give my opinion when I'm just reading, potentially just reading a bunch of box scores and yeah, yeah going to hoops hype and basketball reference and cleaning the glass and wherever else and be like, that's one way to get the the games, but seeing it is entirely another. Yeah. Uh, that being said, you know, I watched both the opening night games. I had the mm. bulls game on, and then I had a second window open for initially the uh, magic and Pistons game. And mm. then I turned that off after a while and watched the nets and uh, Pelicans. And then that got boring. And I went back to the Pistons and uh, magic and I watched the end of that game whilst watching the Bulls game. Solid win for the Bulls, baby. <laughs> and then I got the end of a couple more games. Uh, so no time to watch basketball at all. Uh, as well, well <laughs> to com- commit to an 82-game season and then playoffs, I can't. Yeah. My minimum was like, I'm going to watch at least like two or three games a week. Yeah. And there are certain weeks where I could probably watch, you know, six. Yeah. And I just, I can't this time so i just didn't think it was honest of me to continue doing a show if i'm not watching enough games that's fair yeah so i wish it was like football where it was all on one day primarily and you could just bang out a bunch of it on one day but it is not well i'm just uh, and you might not be the only one because they've dropped the price on league pass um from years past like it's a hundred bucks for the season and then 130 if you want um, the premium package, which is pretty good for the, from what I remember. So, yeah. So it's interesting that now they're all of a sudden dropping. You might not be the only one, you know, I, so, who's not watching, so to speak. No, I, th- I think their numbers are fine. Yeah. 
And the finals had uh, excellent ratings. Yes. Uh, I, to be perfectly honest, I think it's more so a play for once the next CBA is the next TV deal ends. Yeah. They really want to get Amazon to make a bid. So if they can prove here, are the type of streaming numbers we're doing on our oh, own. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Amazon's been so successful with just Thursday night fo- football alone, and they've yeah. already intimated we're going to make a bid at this. We're going to make a run. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're saying the minimum uh, buy is going to be ten years, fifty billion, and right. it could be as high as seventy-five billion. Yeah, and they're going to need Amazon to drive those numbers up beyond fifty. Right, because I think fifty is from the partners they already have. Yeah, they're pretty much guaranteed to get fifty. They want to bring Amazon into this mix, yeah, to get that price up even higher. So if they can point to, well, here's what we're doing on League Pass, and then in China we've got Tencent, another streaming option, and that we're getting five hundred million eyes there. Uh, yeah, we're successful as a streaming. You guys should invest in us as a streaming. That's that's my guess. Yeah, yeah, I would think so too. That makes sense. They, yeah, take a short term loss for a long term massive gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way to go. Yeah, it for the money. I mean the. If people are offended by the salaries now, in four years, man, oh man, or three years, it's going to be yeah. people are going to be so pissed. Those old players should just um, go deaf, dumb, and blind before that time because they're just going to be so pissed about the amount oh. of money that's going to be kicked around. I, by the way, I, I you know you think may think I'm crazy, or maybe this is socialist. I don't know, but I think the league should honor the players that are still around by giving them. Uh, not not just a pension, but like, I don't know, because they, if they built the foundation from which this league has blossomed, I feel like they should get a cut, a really good cut of the profits of the NBA. And I'm not, like, if you played for a certain number of years, like you're a superstar, like Dr. J or even um, uh, fuck, who's the guy they showed all the time? And Spencer Haywood, like these guys who won titles and were names. I feel like they should get a cut and people who are like not that popular or bench warmers or whatever. You get a cut that's commensurate to your time in the league because you built the foundation from which the league yeah. eventually blossomed from. But of course, you know, it's rich people don't like letting I mean, go their money, but they should do that. Well, you got to applaud the players, the current, you know, that'll be moving on in the next few years, but mm-hmm. the, CP3s and whatnot who have led the Players Association who have fought to get the pensions and full medical for retired players. And I think the years of service is either three years or four years and you're eligible. Yeah, yeah. And the full health benefits have actually saved quite a few lives. Yeah, see. Um, And then unfortunately there was that scandal last year where ex-players were taking advantage of the system. Yeah, um arenas right or who was it who was involved uh let's see it was uh glenn davis nate robinson now who's having renal failure oh nate right took advantage of the system if memory serves and now really needs the system to to step up for him Jesus. just like oh man you've you've built quite a bit of money out of the system yeah yeah uh they have perhaps with the the balloon payment that's coming on the next one yeah the pensions will go up I'm not yeah. sure, but they've they've done right by the older players. Which yeah. is something previous generations hadn't done as much, but there wasn't, you know, they've gotten to to exorbitant amounts of money. Yeah. And I don't fault the players. Uh without you, there is no league. So exactly. if that's what the general public is willing to pay, 
and that's what you're worth. Yep. Simple capitalism. Capitalism, exactly. Yeah. If you're going to abide by a capitalist society, this is one of the outcomes, and I'm all for it. You can't bitch about it. Yeah. Can't bitch about it. Well, I'm sorry you weren't born with these gifts, or I'm sorry it didn't work out for you if you tried to go that yeah, route. Yeah, or you didn't uh, put in enough work, or whatever. It work out. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all have our lot in life. The cookie crumbles as the way the cookie crumbles. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to our list here, Matt. Let's uh, have some fun talking about these. As these, as Matt said, top ten October releases from the year 2012. Years 2012 to 2022. Um, how does the show work, Matt? Uh, do you remember? You no, know, I do a bunch, you do a bunch, and then we do our list at the end. Sounds good to me. All right, where it's perfect, it isn't it? Yeah, boom. We should have adopted that a long time ago. I mean, a long time ago. <laughs> Fucking Poor Matt's been years. the flag for that for years. Years. Um, <laughs> People right. made signs at our live show. That's true. That was great, right? Oh uh, but of a poster board, it took up the entire poster mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. So much so that it took me a second when he held it up from like five feet away. Yeah. It took me like three, four seconds to realize what this this tome was. Yeah. Like, oh, it's the the rules of this show. <laughs> and now I've spent more time discussing the breadth of how long that is. Yeah. Than actually just reciting the rules. But <laughs> I'm not going back at this point. No. Um, so yeah, I do a bunch, you do a bunch, and then we fucking hash it out at the end. We do. Let's go. What's your 10? Tons of great choices. Yes. I'm hoping you have some of my near cuts. You know, don't don't keep relying on me, man. I'm not here to serve I, you. I'm here to serve my list. Okay. Just want to make sure it's clear. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm hoping your list. Helps in that regard, so we can say, yes, I wish that is an excellent movie. Yeah. I would love to put it on. I wish this was a top 12 show. Or actually, <laughs> to be top more accurate, a top, like, 18 show. Yeah, top 18. I wrote down, like, 25 or 26, and instantly I was like, all right, I can cut five or six of these. Yeah. You're not as good as these others, in my estimation, or I don't watch you as much as these others. And then after that, I was like, man, there's still a lot of good choices. So it... uh mm-hmm. Oh, I fucking I misnumbered this. All right, go ahead and start us off. I gotta I gotta add one real quick. <laughs> all right. Uh all right, my number 10 is the king. Okay. Uh, Tough Netflix, cut. Yeah, the Netflix one. I actually went back and rewatched it for our list, man. I was in the mood on on uh, Sunday after I'd done the list on Saturday. I was in the mood on Sunday, and um I we we usually leave the house when the house cleaner comes. So we go over to this Starbucks that hardly anybody is ever there on Sunday. So it's a perfect place. We set up and I just sat there while she was working on stuff for work and watched the King on my computer and was even more like moved and appreciative of the work in that movie by Pattinson and specifically Chalamet and Edgerton. I just was blown away by that film again because it's been a while since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. And um, it rivals my love of Henry V which is the Brana version. Oh, so that's tough. That is, I couldn't believe how I was feeling that way after I watched the movie. But so I would say this was, I couldn't cut this off the list. I tried to say, well, well, maybe it's not as strong as, but in the end it is for me. 
So I love this film. I love how it shows you the Henry V story. I love that it doesn't make it all highfalutin, that it makes it feel more True. grounded and realistic and how it might have been in those days, the grittier aspects of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there's some nice intrigue in this one that takes its time getting there. And when it does finally hit its landing spot, it is uh, fantastic. So that's why I put the king at number 10. Yeah, I specifically looked it up and was like, did that get a release? And it made $255,000 at the box office. Yes, and I was like, it, it counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my, I, I think yeah. I pared my list down to like 14 and that was one of the 14. Ah, yeah. And then I sat and stared at that 14 for like 10 minutes. I like, <laughs> well, I don't want to cut that. And then I don't want to cut this. And then I ultimately, I cut that because I have, I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, but it's an awesome movie that, that ending when he's up getting tailored. Oh yeah. For, and then the aristocrat who thinks he's been the puppet master. Yeah. The, the pivot on that. And now he realizes, Oh, this young, what I thought was a neophyte has caught up and now surpassed me. Right. In the ways of, of court intrigue. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just such a great pivot, yeah. and it does. It strips down all the Shakespearean buildup yeah. that is most of my knowledge of how that story is told, right? Uh, and gives it a more real world kind of like a, that. That Falstaff seems very oh. real and relatable to me. Yes, right. Um, and nothing against the other one, but it was always kind of tough for me to. Like I can see why the prince would like to be around him, but to this degree, yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, he's counsel yeah. in this. Well, and you can see if you you know if you know the play, how Shakespeare would take creative license to make Falstaff this like well the three plays because it's Henry Fourth Part One and Two, and Henry Fifth. You you understand why he might take creative license to turn this character into a bit of comic relief oafish comic relief leading to that moment where uh henry essentially disowns him um it works for the narrative that he's constructing there Mm because it's not a documentary he's creating a story so when you watch this version of falstaff it has elements of what shakespeare was doing but very much walks its own path and uh, has a harder edge to it than you might think because He's had that experience with military, which is something that does come up in a playful way in those Shakespeare plays about Falstaff or with Falstaff in them. That it works so well in this movie. Like it just, you understand, this is, they're telling the Falstaff that fits for their movie. And I like that a lot. Was it, is it Florence Pugh? Who's the girl again? I forget now, right offhand. Oh, shit. I don't remember that off. Oh, crap. I forget who the girl is. Damn it all. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn is in it as well, who's fantastic. So, yeah, I forget who the girl is. My apologies, y'all. My apologies. Um, uh, All right, so then my number nine is uh, uh, Gone Girl. Okay, go for it. Yeah, I love this film, man. I can't. It is, as I said, it is a horror film, and I playfully say that, but it is legitimately a male horror film. Like, nothing would be scarier if for a straight man to be involved with a woman who manipulates the situation uh, to her benefit at every turn 
And yes, he's adult. He's a bit of an idiot. And so in a way he gets kind of had to have the tables turned on him when he thinks he's the one running things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, that is really what a lot of men fear. And that's why a lot of men fear women. Because I think behind all that fear is, or behind all that anger towards women is this fear that they're actually smarter, more capable, more able to mentally manipulate you. And uh, your desire for them uh, overwhelms your brains sometimes. And so that's kind of an element of it. So to see it play out in the way that it does in the film, and of course, Gillian Flynn, I think, wrote the book. She's fantastic. It's a fantastic story. To see it play out in the way that it does. And it, it still is Rosamund Pike's best role ever. Um, and those yeah. scenes, the scenes where she hits herself in the face with a hammer and the scene where she fakes, uh, having been sexually assaulted in a brutal way and physically assaulted by, um, Neil Patrick Harris in that, in the camera, my God, my God, it is just so unsettling to see the depths and the lengths that she goes to. And then Carrie Coon's reaction when she realizes that he's going to go back to her <laughs> as the sister of the guy, just the terror and horror in her feeling that he is willing to walk back into the prison and lock the door behind it. It's just so much in this film that I thoroughly enjoy that explores gender dynamics, gender politics, and gender uh, you know, power between uh, in a relationship between two genders. And it doesn't and simultaneously does feel like a Fincher film. Yes, yes. Great point. Yeah. Because it has that overarching kind of unease that yes. Fincher does in quite a few movies. Right. But yet it doesn't have like the uh, dark, moody lighting or the mm-hmm. shadowy presence. Or... But you still get that vibe from old Finch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. I'm hard pressed to find another movie of hers that rivals what she did in this yeah and i wonder if that's just a well you know she wasn't offered anything like this as meaty because she crushes it yeah i think she tried i mean like (coughs) it certainly put her in a separate stratosphere after this film and then she but she has these she's a british actress so for her the smaller independent films are going to attract her because of the kind of actress that she is and so you saw her pop up like that film where she plays the journalist with the missing eye and all of that. She delivers mm-hmm. great work uh, in those films, but never really kind of made that leap from Gone Girl into like uh, A-list status. And she's the one like Marvel or Star Wars or something. And it may just be because she doesn't want to do that, you know, and you could argue that this has an independent film feel to it. uh, uh Gone Girl does, even though it's a larger story and it's a long film, it's got that independent film feel to it. So, yeah, I think the closest would be Hostiles, but even that—that right. that, that's a Christian Bale movie, whereas Gone Girl is hers. Yeah, and Christian Bale Western that hardly yeah. anybody saw. Exactly. Yeah, that's niche upon niche. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so then my number seven, and I know this is probably going to be a punt for you if it even is on your you list. You mean your eight? Oh, my eight. Sorry, my eight that I know is going to be a punt for you even if it's on the list. It's Jojo Rabbit. Of course that's a punt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I don't love it as much as everybody else. I do enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the one that I've Okay, so I fixed my list. I realized okay. the error that I made. Go ahead. Uh, at 10, I have one that you don't have. Okay. 
which is 12 years a slave. I don't. Yeah. How did you know that, dude? It, I, it almost made my list. I was literally struggling. I was like, I got to validate this. I've got to put this on my list. Because I know you can't rewatch it. I can't. Yeah. And that's why. It's not because it's not a damn good movie. It is. I just can't rewatch it. Which so, I have. And I've yeah. gone back for certain sections just because it is such a gut punch. Mm-hmm. And it's a reality of a situation that I've read about. Yeah. But then when you see it so vividly. Yeah the disgusting taste it leaves in your mouth to me is something that I feel like I should be reminded of mm. the evils of the world need to not be forgotten. Sure. Um, so to be reminded of the depravity that a human can skew to another. Yeah, yeah. Great point. Needs to be, you know, uh, a bright light needs to be cast upon that so yeah. that we don't ever forget the sins of our past. Yeah. Fair point. Um, Fair point. And for that, I'll go back for various sections too. Like when Paul Dano gets his comeuppance, I mm. think that's fantastic because he's just a shit heel. Uh, and then yeah. when Cumberbatch has to ship uh, Chiwetel over to Fastbender, right? And you're like, oh, you have such a good deal here, and then simultaneously, what am I fucking saying? Yeah, like this dude is a, a slaver. He's <laughs> yeah, he enslaves people. Oh, he's a good one. He's still enslaving a person <laughs> that he understands and rightly recognizes yeah. as a human being of equal merit and standing as him. Yeah, maybe not of equal merit and standing, but still recognizes him as a human being. Whereas part of the the rationale for it was, well, they're not the same as us. Yeah. So look, they th- this is a type of existence that they've always known, type of bullshit, mm-hmm. and that is the 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 edict, you know, because Fassbender walks around with his Bible, constantly reciting passages that he helps, that he feels helps solidify his position, yeah. so that he's morally in the right, yeah, and it's just a perversion of a morality, and it, uh, it's. It, I mean, it just makes you question so many different things. And then Brad Pitt plays the, is he Amish? Yeah, Amish. it seems like he's Amish. Yeah. Guy that goes down and eventually helps him. But even that guy is morally ambiguous because he is doing work yeah. for a plantation owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if he's doing it down here, then that means he was he's done it for others because it's probably a recommendation system. Oh, this guy was great for me. Oh, you need a gazebo built? This is your guy type of situation. Right. And even this one, this individual who helps Chiwetel is still gross. Yeah. So many, so many. But yeah, I've gone back to rewatch it. It's hard. It's not an easy rewatch, but I think it's worthwhile to me. Yeah. Um, So that's why. And it's also a 10. Because it's a, t- a tough watch, and I yeah. will watch everything else on my list before I watch this one again. Yeah, fair point. Good points you make, Matt, for sure. Uh, what's your number nine? Uh, my nine is Whiplash. Oh, that's a punt. Slight punt. Oh. But a punt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my eight is Birdman. Oh, that is a punt for sure. Okay. Um, so my number seven is uh, Blade Runner 2049. That was my number 11. Oh, you son of a bitch. 
It's tough, man. Yeah. I, I, I just love the film. Uh, I know there are flaws, but you talk about going back to watch scenes. I go back and watch scenes from this film all the time, whether it's um, uh, Kay confronting Robin Wright after she's found out about the baby and all of that, or, or him uh, uh, fighting off uh, the main replicant at the end of the movie with Harrison Ford there drowning, in essence, in the car. Um, the stuff with Batista, that opening scene with Batista, which is so well directed and, and the tension there is just off the charts or the stuff with, um, Anna de Armas having those little moments with her. Um, there's so much to enjoy in the movie. Is it overly long? Probably. I guess you could say you could cut maybe 20 minutes out of the film, but it's still a damn enjoyable, beautiful experience, especially in 4k. My love, my God. And the soundtrack itself is just a whole nother creature or character in the movie that is there to savor and enjoy. Um, you know, all I would say is, I guess, do I know if Gossing was the right person? I don't know if Gossing was the right person for this. I okay. liked what he did. But I think at the end of the day, that may be secretly why the film didn't do better than it did. And I know people say, oh, two hours and 45 minutes. Eh, bullshit. We just had... We're about to have a Wakanda Forever that's two hours and 40 minutes. So that's also a sequel to, uh, you know, a beloved film. Um, I just think at the end of the day, maybe Gosling wasn't the right choice for this one. And I think maybe, and when I watch the film, sometimes that, that kind of comes back to me. Um, even though I think he's good in the film, I don't know if he was the right choice. And so, but it's still for the direction, cinematography, score, performances, and overall scope of the story. And a lot of people I've seen prefer it to the original Blade Runner, which is really surprising. Um, it gets number seven on my list. It's a damn good movie. Mm. And it further solidified the Villeneuve yeah. can do no wrong because he took a property that, uh, you know, I, I was interested to see this. Yes. Turn it into something that uh, I enjoyed thoroughly walking out of the theater. I'm glad I saw it in the theater, too. Yeah. Me Instead too. of waiting, just because the, I don't know, you get so engrossed in the color palette that's been chosen. Mm-hmm. You get sucked in like the cinematography and the world that they've created here yeah. is so vivid and yet cold and distant. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the characters are feeling. And to pull that off and it did to elicit that feeling within me, I thought was really impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it uh, is probably it's up eleven there. I think I had King at twelve. Yeah, and Gone Girl probably been like fifteen, something like yeah, that. Okay. Fourteen. Okay. Fair enough. It's in the mix. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, then my number six is the punt from earlier that you had that I had the slight punt uh, Whiplash. Okay. So I, I had to choose between Whiplash or fir- First Man for Chazelle. I didn't want to put two Chazelles on the list and there's no fucking way La La Land was making the list. So not that it was released in October either. Um so between these two October releases, in the end I chose the one that I'm going to come back and watch more. Mm-hmm. And I think although it feels like a smaller film, it's deceptively a much bigger film in the concepts that it's tackling. And Every time I go back and watch scenes from it, especially that end scene, Jesus Christ, there's so much to take away from it and appreciate in the performances, in the direction, um, in the how they're using the lighting, um, 
and the overall story progression of the characters in those scenes. Um, so uh, for that reason, um, I put it at number six. When that was coming up on the slate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on its initial release, I thought it was, you know, it looked intriguing. Mm-hmm. And then you walk out of it and you, it had such an impact. Yeah. Such an impact. And Miles Teller, who I was indifferent towards, I hadn't really seen all that much to be enamored with at that point. Right. And I, I hadn't seen the full breadth of his filmography. So it's not like I was the person to talk to when it came to it. Right. But he hadn't popped up onto my radar. Uh, and just blown away. I mean, J.K. Simmons, I've been a fan of since Oz. Yeah. So yeah. I was happy I, to see him getting more, you know, uh, marquee movie roles. I think yeah. the guy's great. He's always good. I watch almost everything that he puts out. Yep. Uh, so I was happy for that. And you already had me intrigued on that. Mm-hmm. But then walking out and be like, dude, Teller held his own. Yeah. In these really intense scenes. And, uh, you know, it calls to mind someone like a Bobby Knight where oh, certain, yeah, yeah. certain right. individuals that more than likely need this type of provocation if they're going to get the best out of themselves. It's not something that works for everyone. No. Yeah. Some people need to be have their hands held and yeah. they need the, the you know, uh, supportive yeah. uh, individual. Um, it's kind of like, a, are you watching Reboot? No, I haven't started that. A friend of mine. Oh no, my girlfriend doesn't want to watch it, so I haven't started that one yet. But it's all my list. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Okay. Surprisingly good. It's got some good jokes in it. Uh, I wasn't a crazy ex-girlfriend fan, so I'm not the biggest Rachel Bloom fan. But I I do want to give this a shot because it's a full ensemble. Yeah, the scenes I've seen are pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, her, uh, Judy Greer, Mm -hmm. Keegan Michael Key. Uh, Paul Reiser, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, everybody kind of holds their own, but there was a scene between Bloom, Reiser, and Knoxville in mm-hmm. the, this past weeks that has this. They try different approaches to motivate him. Yeah. And it's it just in that, like, let's see what actually works in this instance. <laughs> and the fully supportive kind of worked, and the, you know, full on hard ass kind of worked. And ultimately, there was. So a, a third approach that was tried. Yeah. Uh, but it's it was kinda, just a good. No, no, sorry. Good. It was just the what? Right, just, just an example of, of that. That's all. Yeah. I was say. Well, it's, it reminds me of the, as you're talking about, it, it reminds me of the, um, remember that storyline? I don't know. Did you see the Larry Sanders show? Years ago. Okay. Well, there's a storyline where the writer, the head writer writes best after a breakup. So they've got a the big sweep sweeps coming up. So the other writers in Sanders get together, uh, Rip Torn, and they convince his girlfriend to break up with him before sweeps, so he can write the stuff. And it's horrific in its approach, but it works. And then it ends up becoming something they're using at a certain times. So uh, it is just hilarious and, and perfect comedy. So. The same thing because that's the approach they think works best to get the best out of him. So God, now, now I want to go back and watch Larry Sanders. <laughs> oh, Sanders is it's good. It's much so much more brutal than people think. It's brilliant. Oh, brilliant. oh. yeah. Hip <laughs> Torn is awesome. Jeffrey Tambor is awesome. Yeah. 
you know, obviously Shandling, but right. it's, it's all the characters they bring in and out and the bullshit of the celebrity interview. Yes. Like the camera goes in there off and on break and them sometimes the complete lack of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Or Larry making a move. Uh, yeah, that show's good. I'd love to witness that, like a, at a a late night kind, of like you know, Jimmy Kimmel just kind of looks over, and doesn't talk to the person, looks the way. I'm sure that it's happened because obviously, you know, human beings are human beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's inevitable. Yeah, yeah, You're not gonna especially from the host perspective, because you just it's two to three people a night. There's no yeah. way you get along with all of them, right? And some of them you have nothing in common with. So even if you were to start up a conversation, it's like everything I know about you is on this card. Yeah, and because and so sometimes it's like I don't want to blow it before we do it on camera, mm-hmm. since all I know about you is on this card. So I don't want to start asking you about it while we're off camera. Yeah, yeah and lose the spontaneity of exactly. whatever your response would be. Then yeah. we have to recreate that once cameras start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. Maybe I should maybe I should talk Catherine into rewatching that. A fun rewatch of that. Yeah, I think they're they got remastered, so I think they are on HD. Which is- I'd assume they're on HBO Max. I have yeah, yeah I, th- I would think so too. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, uh, we're up to what? Your seven or six? Seven. Uh, my seven. My okay. seven is John Wick. Oh, go ahead, man. Didn't put it on your list. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I mean, quality. I think John Wick's a good movie, but. Do I put it up against anything I've spoken about so far? No. So I, I put it, I put it there a rewatchable. Yeah, sure. B it also gave us John Wick three, which I think is <laughs> is clearly my favorite of the first three. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh there are still things in John Wick three I would cut. Like I don't think you need the Halle Berry storyline. Yeah, I agree with you. Um and she's good in it. I'm not taking it, but I was like, ah, this is 15, 20 minutes that I don't know, know that we needed. Yeah. Although it was cool because then you brought in the dogs and he gets on a horse and it makes for a different action sequence. Yeah, the dogs are cool for sure. But I, I think we could have gotten to that stuff anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I, out of nowhere, just when you think like, well, you know, Keanu has been a part of some big things. Yeah. But is that a testament to him or is it a testament to the creators that built the entire world? You know, your matrix matrices. Yeah. Matrices uh, type of situation. And for him to come out and now he's got another world Yeah, that he is the center of and be like, you know what? I think you got to give a lot of credit to this individual and a simple premise you know, basically, it's it's Godfather too. Just when I was out, they pulled me back in. Yeah. <laughs> and to do it from a hitman and a hitman that is, you know, a hitman that is feared by the devil himself. Yeah. Great setup. Baba Yaga. Okay, I'm on board. Alfie Allen playing a shit heel. I yeah. believe it. Let's go. He's Let's do this. So perfect. Yeah, he does. He plays such a perfect one. Hmm. I wonder what he's like in real life because they always say like the the guys that play the best villains are actually the nicest people ever. Yeah. yeah, That's what they say. And it's just, so what is the opposite of shit heel? Maybe that's what he is. Just the most caring, outgoing and beloved individual you'll ever meet. And then he can just access this dark place that he doesn't exist in. That's why he was so good on game of Thrones. Cause Mm -hmm. he start out, he starts out as that kind of arrogant shit heel. Who's clearly um, outmatched or um, out of his depth. And then he is humbled like crazy until he eventually breaks out from the situation and saves Sansa. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. And, of course, 
it blew my mind when I found out that he's Lily Allen's brother. Yeah. That drove me in. I was like, what? They don't even look alike in my opinion, but you know, he's good. I like him as an actor. Yeah. That was a tough part too. When they, the switch, like I was happy to see him get his comeuppance. Yeah. But, but that was brutal. Yeah. It's a brutal comeuppance, man. Brutal. Yeah. But at the same time, he did some terrible stuff. He did. He burnt those two kids alive, man. Yeah. Yeah. So is it justifiable? I don't know. Eye for an eye type of situation, but maybe he should be blind. The world's a fucked up place, man. Especially back then, for God's sakes. Back then, as if it's our history. Yeah, Yeah. well, you know what I mean. Middle Ages, whatever. Times that it's set. Um, All right, where are we at? You're six now? Uh, Yeah, moving on to my six. My six is Fury. Oh, nice choice, dude. Uh, I watched oh, this like uh, six weeks ago. I wanted this. I put this on my list. I couldn't in the end, but it's such a good movie, man. It's, it, there is no other movie that I know of that shows mm. warfare from the tank's perspective. Yeah. 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 What it's like to be crammed into this sardine can. There's no Das Boot of these. Yeah. Movies. There is no Das Boot of. There's numerous submarine movies. <laughs> there are no tank movies. Just doesn't exist. Ugh. And that's why I was enamored with it before it came out. Right. Because one of my favorite shots in the movie is them as they're going through that field and they look up and they see the, the bombers going overhead. Yeah. About to go do a strafe run somewhere. Uh, and looking up and you're like, yeah, that's the that's a more common perspective mm-hmm. is to see the inverse of this. Them looking down. There have been numerous movies and stories told from that perspective yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, even if they're just jumping out of the plane we've still seen it from there whereas the tanks are usually just brought in as their soldiers on the ground and there's like the cavalry that comes in yeah. to save the day type of situation and to see them like there's the scene where there's three of them against um is it a tiger that they're going up against or is it a panzer oh yeah 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 i can't remember but yeah but it's only got so in those instances what our tanks had were a, we could produce them faster. So we had more of them right. and B they were quicker and that's it. Their armor wasn't as good. Yeah. The gun wasn't nearly as good. And if we just fired straight on their tank, it would ricochet off because they had good metal plating on there. Right. So you have to either hit them from behind or hit them from underneath. Yeah. And as that, the German tanks out, t- takes out two of ours and, they're trying to circle each other and their guns are pivoting on one another. Just like, yeah. Oh my God, the tension in this. Yeah. There's just so many moments because it's a weird brotherhood. It's like a family that they have to create in this environment where this push and pull and the vulgarity of the human spirit mm. is undeniable. Even though they're all trying to, to escape it, they have to pull themselves back in because we have a job to do. Yeah. You know, as illustrated when, Brad Pitt and uh, oh, the other guy that plays like Percy Jackson. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman, thank you. Yeah. As they meet that German mother and daughter. Oh, yeah. And they go up to play house. And like the Logan Lerman and the girl go off in the bedroom and the mom starts to object. And yeah. Brad Pitt is like, they're young. And yeah. simply by saying that, in essence, like they're happy to be alive. Let them have this moment because it's it'll be a moment of beauty in the middle of all this dis- yeah. disgrace and catastrophe. And in the midst of that, they're having this house. They're playing house. Yeah. 
and the crew comes barging in. And that is the reality of the situation of you don't get to turn a blind eye to what all of this disgusting is. Yeah. They, we're still mired in the muck. Yeah. You can't distance yourself from us just yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a, it, I don't know. No, Had right. I not watched it, you know, six weeks, two months ago again, would it have made my list? I don't know, but yeah. I did. And now we're doing this list. So fuck it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. And David Ayer. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, again, I get so frustrated when people try to blame him for suicide squad. Cause I'm like, have you seen fury? Have you seen end of watch? These are yeah. fantastic movies that he has directed. You can't tell me that he wasn't going to direct a pretty uh, brutal uh, suicide squad. You know, DC comes in. He's been saying for years now he has a cut, his own cut. There was more Joker. There was more with the uh, Margot Robbie thing. So you may not, you may say now, oh, I don't want Jared Leto's Joker. Blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you don't know what that footage would have done to that character. So we, we'll probably never see that cut. But I, I truly believe that he was, in essence, had the film taken away from him because he was going down the dark road that Zack Snyder had gone down. And DC didn't want to do that anymore at the time. And Warner Brothers. So they took it away from him. Uh, this film is a great example of what he can do to have some light in the midst of all the darkness that's going on. As you mentioned that scene, but also later on in the film when Pitt, you know, sacrifices himself and everything goes on there. It's just, there's, uh, even amidst all the madness and the darkness, there are moments of light and he finds them, you know? And so I think that's where this film really shines. Um, and you're right. It's a brutal truth. And and the crew is not, I love because you mentioned that scene again, when they come barging in, Brad can't very well like tear them apart because that's yes. his crew. That's his, he relies on them to go that extra mile in the tank. So does he have to indulge their more uh, animalistic tendencies? Yes, to a degree, so that he can so that they can perform when they need to when they're in a battle and listen to him and trust him. Yeah, so it's and that to deny that it'd be to deny the brotherhood that they've created. Exactly, it's that line you got to walk. You know, so. Which is, uh, you can say it's very uncomfortable, but it's the truth. Um, Matt, should we take a break? Uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break. Hear this word from our sponsor and be right back after this. All righty, there we are. John, jump into your top five. I'm going to grab a water real quick. Be back. Do it. What's your movie, just so I know? Dune. Go for it. Okay, Dune. I mean, what are we talking about here? Remember seeing it last year in the theaters? Blew my mind. Love that it got nominated for Best Picture. Certainly deserves it. I mean, I did not think I would like this movie. I was worried about it. And I know I only wanted to have one Damien Chazelle, but Denis Villeneuve is a favorite of the top 10 show. So there's no way I was I was going to put that kind of restriction on Denis. And this film is just incredible. Again, another Chalamet film. Uh, the cast is stellar. The cinematography is off the charts the score is incredible the story that's being told here i loved every aspect of dune i didn't think it was over long i didn't think it lost me in any any of those spots from top to bottom this is one of the best uh films i've seen and i would not have been mad if it had won best picture over coda no offense to coda which is a is a good film but i just think if you're talking about the best picture of the year we're talking direction cinematography writing uh, score, um, story, 
character work, acting, so much that is involved in that. And to me, Dune certainly carried more weight than Coda, um, even though Coda is a really important film about the deaf community and showcasing that and the, the emotional journey that these characters are on. This one was just incredible. So um, it got some backlash. People say it was too long or that people saying, oh, it can't win Best Picture because it's half of the story, which I was weird to me. But this uh, film on its own is just one of the best cinematic achievements we've had in 50 years, in my opinion. There you go. That's my that's my truth. It's good truth. Thank you. I'm reserving judgment until the next one. <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, I, you- <laughs> if if it ended right here, then I didn't like the movie. Mm. Wow. Okay. All right. Is it visually beautiful? Undeniable. <laughs> but I feel no real connection thus far. Um, I know. I, I hear that from a number of people, and I did. I really did. I connected to this character. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't in the slightest. And it's the first swing and a miss from Denny. Oof. And it's not like it was a full miss. It was a foul tip. <laughs> I mean, the catcher in, didn't catch it. So, yeah, yeah, he's not. He's not out. Right, right. Uh, but everything else has been either just made it over the wall home home run to we need to to drug test him because he just crushed this out of the park home run. So for this one to be the first foul tip that I've seen of his, I haven't seen everything, right? But right. I've seen quite a bit. You've seen enough to know that this dude is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I am reserving. Ju- I am not going to say it's just a foul tip right now. Yeah, I am going to say I missed that pitch, and the at bat is ongoing. Yeah, there we go. All right. So what's your five? Uh, my five is Nightcrawler. Okay, go ahead, man. Yeah, somebody doesn't like good movies, huh? Too creepy uh, for me, bud. But go ahead. Ah, oh, dude. I mean, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he's good in the film. Was on a tremendous run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the midst of this, right before this, like a month, month and a half before with Southpaw. Right. And just to see two 1,000% different characters brought to life on screen. It's like, man, this dude is so good. Um, The reality that they delve into is one that exists in, in this city. Yeah. Where... You formerly lived and in, in partially lived through the era that they were discussing. Mm-hmm. I don't know when you moved here, but I would imagine it was right when he starts doing that. I would assume you were here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was late 90s-ish would yeah. be my guess is when that movie is set. I came in, in the 2000s, early 2000s. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, I moved here in uh, late 2000s. But I was aware of TMZ. Uh, as an entity, and I was aware of these. It was the beginning of that kind of what do you call it? Um, paparazzi, right? The late 90s into most of the early 2000s, into the 2010, maybe. The paparazzi was a massive deal. You know, we saw Britney meltdown, we saw all these people, and they, this desire to it spread to this desire to, you know, get that news item and have these like individual reporters 
that are freelanced or whatever, recording stuff. It was that beginning of using your phones or cameras to record things. So I was aware of that for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, I'd assume it's a precursor to paparazzis, at least in this country, because mm. they're hunting down car crashes and yeah, of an, of anonymous, regular everyday folk. If there's a celebrity one that mixed in great, but they're yeah. just out to, if it bleeds, it leads type of situation. Right. So they're looking right. for blood, guts and gore because they know that they can sell that uh, as a freelancer. You're just driving around mm-hmm. looking for the worst moments in people's lives to videotape them, yeah. to sell it off, to commodify the pain of another. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just compounded from there into this obsessive celebrity culture. Yeah. Uh, but to see that side of it, because we've all seen the footage. Yeah. Right. And I never really put much thought into, well, how did you get the footage? It's just assumed it was a camera crew from the TV station. Yeah. And, you know, they had a police scanner or something and they got down there and to know that it was these individuals driving around. And I don't know the full truth in it, but I have to assume it's probably pretty damn accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've known a few of the the freelance TMZ guys. Oh, okay. Um. Well, just hanging out at clubs at one in the morning. Yeah, yeah those dudes yeah. are out and be like, "Well, I'm waiting for Viper Room to close down, so I'll come hang out at the store." Right. And they'll be just hanging out on the patio. So you see them two, three nights a week for months on end. You end up talking to them eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shit, I made it on TMZ because of that. <laughs> really? I wasn't angling for it. The guy was just like, "You know what? I asked some people this question today. I'll ask you." And I was like, "Okay." Like we're just hanging out. Fucking, yeah. I got nothing better to do right now. I've already done my spot. I'm not going to go home. Right. I'm just here to shoot the shit with my friends. Yes, yeah, so I ended up making it up. They mispronounced my last name. <laughs> Canost was it? Canost? Yeah, it was Nost. <laughs> One guy says it to uh, whoever the main dude was, uh, the former <laughs> lawyer. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Harvey. Oh, Harvey, yeah, Harvey, right? Harvey yeah. Levin, I think. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Levin or Levine. And uh, yeah, mispronounces. And every, everybody, the whole room was like, oh, yeah. and then they got to the clip and they were like, oh, yeah, good point. And they talk about it. It's too, um, hmm. I got so many texts and shit from people about that, too. <laughs> shit, I saw you. Yeah, it just they, it's weird. The cross section of your life that watches TMZ or at least did at that time. Right. Because right. I didn't know it was going to be on. He just I, I have to assume they interview countless people that it just like eh, never makes the cutting room floor who the right and i'm not a celebrity so why would i make the show yeah uh yeah so then when it came out it's like well this is weird but okay <laughs> i've never i've never watched this show outside of seeing a clip every once again but i've never sat down to watch it yeah uh but yeah it's like from people you would never expect it's like former jocks in my high school i got messages on facebook oh wow yeah, dude, I just saw you on TMZ. Wow, you watch TMZ? <laughs> okay. Uh, That's fine. But anyway. All right. Uh, where are we at? Uh, my number four, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Martian. Uh, that's my three. Okay. We've talked about the film many, many times. Is there anything we need to add to that? That it's, first off, amazing. Number one. 
two. Yeah. Matt Damon almost passed up the role. True. Very true. Uh, Ridley Scott had to convince him to do it. Yeah. Uh, because he had just done Interstellar, and Matt Damon was like, how many times are the public going to want to see me in space? Yeah. I'm fresh off. I've got Interstellar coming out, and Ridley Scott had to tell him, this is not that. This is something different entirely, which it is, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, it almost, in lesser hands, it'd be a paint by numbers. This is a TV movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, but because the deft way he bounces around the story, and also because he's Ridley Scott, I'm assuming he got this massive cast to mm-hmm. agree to do an ensemble. Yeah. Uh, and there's just top to bottom so many people. Yeah. I know some people have problems like Kristen Wiig. But I think the part is so small, I don't care. Mm. And uh, I think that's the only one I've ever really heard any stringent objective uh, objection to. I just would say stop trying to make her happen. Like, Kristen Wiig was good for Bridesmaids. And I know the Skeleton Twins, people like that with her and Hater. But they tried to pump her up so much for Wonder Woman 1984. And if you said anything negative, you were a misogynist, which was so frustrating. And then the movie comes out, and she's terrible in the movie. And then, yeah, and I think she was terrible in The Martian, terribly miscast. But, you know, she's got a good agent, clearly, who was getting her into these positions. But in the end, you know, it just hasn't really worked out in in a way, aside from comedy. And so just stick with, you know, try. I don't know. It seems odd. I don't want to tell you what to do, obviously, because you're an artist and you want to explore things. But. I think she's never better than she is in comedy because even bridesmaids has some dramatic moments in it that are really, she does well. Yeah. But overall drama, I don't really believe her or buy her. And it's not because I saw her in SNL. There are plenty of uh, actors and actresses. Like when I watched Barry and he was doing dramas, I'm not going, Oh, that's the guy who does the Pacino impression. You know, there's just a different approach and you know, when it's good and you know, when it isn't right. And so, that's what I come back to. I think her part is so small, it doesn't depreciate mm. any aspect of my overall enjoyment of the film. Yeah. No, no, if I her- agree. It, it doesn't take away. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uncomfortable at times, but it doesn't like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I can't watch it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There are much more egregious, egregious instances in, in films where you're literally only getting this because you're good looking right. because you can't act right. whether that be man or woman or what have you mm-hmm. it's like you're up there because you're pretty and you're fucking terrible mm-hmm. and I think we should all just agree that you shouldn't this isn't your forte it's not what you do best no yeah bringing to life a character is not something we should be asking of you <laughs> Oh God, I forgot she was in Mother. That's right. Oh fuck. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, but overall, yeah, Donald Glover is great. Uh, Mackenzie Davis is great. Uh, even though that's a part originally written for an Asian character in the book, um, and like I said, Michael Pena, Jessica Chastain, the whole kind of crew that comes back to get him, all of it. But but it's Matt's. Matt has this natural ability to connect with the audience. Like he just has it right from Goodwill hunting on. 
Mm-hmm. People have felt this kind of connection with him. And I think the Martian really showed how far that connection can actually go um, with how he handled stuff in the, in the film and how people gravitated to it in the film. So, um, okay. So what were well, your, your four, right? Uh, my four is uh, Jojo. Okay. Go ahead, man. A fantastic movie. Yeah. That's, Thank God Taika came in and said, this is great. I want to make it, but I also want to change it. Yeah. And added in the imaginary best friend of Adolf Hitler, which when you hear that, seems like one of the worst ideas you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. And (laughs) I knew very little about the movie as I try to do. That is my goal in going to see a movie. I try to know as little as I can so I can experience it. And that opening you know, minute, minute and a half where he's giving a pep talk to Jojo. Yeah. And the audience in, in my theater was dying and I was holding back laughter and me like, am I supposed to, are we trying to make Hitler likable here? Like I don't <laughs> understand. And then the realization that he's imaginary yeah, comes up very, you know, shortly thereafter. And at that point I was 100% on board. <laughs> I, loved the choices i think every scene between the two of them is pure magic yeah yeah yeah. um scarlett johansson is uh great yeah um the uh young actress uh who plays the jewish girl that lives under the stairs she's great thomas and mckenzie yeah thomas and mckenzie yeah. uh stephen merchant as the ss guy is oh great God. hilarious it's choice after choice after choice and you're great the, you're great in the film thank you thank you I didn't want to bring it up myself. You know? Such humility. Such humility. I just managed to bring up a, a clip of me on TMZ that I haven't thought about in fucking 10 years. But but this was a bridge too far. This was a bridge too far. Anyway, let's get back to this clip on TMZ because it's, you know, it's good <laughs> Um Ironically, know. you're ironically acting with your boy Alfie. Uh, Alfie Allen in that in the the one and film. Rebel and Rebel that's right and Rebel yeah um yeah I think it's probably my favorite thing I've ever seen Rebel Wilson in I have not seen Pitch Perfect yeah I, I don't think it'll yeah yeah I've just never found her funny yeah fair enough um she's in Bridesmaids she is and she's the better of her and Matt Lucas I think oh, that's his yeah. name yeah Matt um, but I also found that weird and disjointed and didn't feel like it felt yeah, like it needed to be part of the movie in the slightest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when that was happening, I was like, what, what is this movie? Yeah. And then they quickly kind of just move away from it. Um, yeah, she's not my cup of tea, but at the same time, like if you love her, great. Yeah. I don't wish her anything but success. Like I don't give a shit. Right. Right. Of course. Uh, yeah, comedy's just hard. You either think somebody's funny or you don't. Yeah. Um, at least in my world. Uh, but yeah, I think just top to bottom, every choice was pretty much perfect in that movie to me. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I was happy to see it get all the acclaim that I thought it rightly deserved. And uh, there we go. That's what that's my two cents. All right. Sounds good. 
Um, all right, let's uh, watch my number three, right? Because four, yeah. okay, th- my three is Birdman. Okay, yeah, this film has grown in my estimation as I've gotten older because this is a 2014 film, it's eight years ago. I was in a different place in my life eight years ago, so there's something about the film now that when I watch it, just kind of has resonance with me in ways that it didn't before, uh, both good and bad. And I think that's great about a film. Uh, and Michael Keaton, you know, he is back in our lives because of that movie. And thank God, because Dope Sick was one of the most incredible shows I've so ever good. seen. He was heartbreaking in that show. In that show, good God Almighty. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what we get from him when he finally actually appears as Batman. But um, the this was a reminder of what this man can do. And having the Batman issues kind of connected there, I thought was great as well. Uh, and then Emma Stone and Ed Norton and uh, Andrea Riesborough, who plays his girlfriend in the movie. And then, of course, um, Amy Ryan, who plays his wife, ex-wife. All the scenes are just so well written. And the emotional exploration of their relationships throughout the movie, it feels authentic. It feels... Like, you know, it, elements of it. Um, yet these people are much more eloquent than you could ever be in those conversations or that you hope to be in those conversations. And I think that kind of makes the film come to life in ways that I hadn't anticipated when I or hadn't kind of glimpsed, I think, when I first watched it back in 2014. And I appreciate that. And there's so much symbolism in the fucking movie, too. So, um, But very, very well-directed film. And I just kind of, was surprised it ended up where it ended up. So number three. Now I need to watch it again. <laughs> Cause this could be a fury situation. Yeah. Where, where you saw, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's still usually in the Oscars. I, I don't care who wins just cause it, it, I didn't put any of the work. Right. 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 So it's like, Oh, okay. That, that, you know, movie or individual one. Oh, congrats. Yeah. But that year having seen the performances, it's like, his is far and away the best. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the shot of red man, red main rather walking up there and Keaton is about to get out of seat and reaching for his speech. <laughs> and has to sit back down and like push the speech down. Yeah. I felt offended on his behalf, having seen theory of everything, which yeah. is a fine movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but when I compare and contrast what the two did, it's like yeah. Michael Keaton, crushed by comparison yeah yours to me is one in a list of of good performances of historical figures that i've seen before yeah no way does it elevate like it's not better than than jamie fox's ray yeah i would agree with that. that's on par yeah it's on par yeah and i would say joaquin's johnny cash is better than both and he didn't even win because the ray had just won the year previous yeah but We've seen these before. It's just like, yeah, hey, yeah, Stephen Hawking, great, great interpretation. Yeah. Or not great interpretation, good interpretation. But by contrast, Birdman, find me another actor that can do that. Yeah. I don't know. I agree, dude. Even the scene when he's having the back and forth with the critic at the bar. Hmm? The mixture of pathos, actor insecurity, and actor hubris the tightrope that he walks in that scene with the 
critic, the actress from um, Rome, right? Rome? Yeah. It's so good. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, this is, he's the, he's the perfect person for this. And I agree with you. Nobody talks about the Eddie Redmayne. Thing. Nobody talks about that fucking performance. Nobody talks about no. that role. Had uh, that movie been released in October, it wouldn't even have made my side list. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's, a, it's fine. Yeah. And I just think Hollywood sometimes wants to kiss its own ass of self-importance a bit much. And they'll go, oh, we're going to take the British actor over the dude who played Batman. And that's that whole thing where we have to seem more elitist or cultural or, you know, whatever intelligent than we actually are. And the truth is that's the better choice. Just like Mark Rylance over Stallone is horseshit. Uh, it's that idea of kissing the British actor's ass over the actor. Well, that was we what, got Bridge to of Spies, Bridge. too? Bridge of Spies, yeah. That's when, yeah Bridge Which of Spies. that movie was boring. It's uh, It's not... Anywhere near the best of Steven Spielberg's movies. No, it's not even close. Yeah. So. Doesn't even sniff it. The it's is- it's Warhorse to me. It's oh, forgettable and something I will never watch again. Yeah. yeah. And Steve, yeah. you've made some of the best movies of all time. Yeah. So it's not like I'm shitting on you just to shit on you. I know you're an avid fan of this show. <laughs> so please don't take this as uh, some sort of a confrontation with you specifically. God, I would love it if you listened to our show. <laughs> be the greatest just this random guilty pleasure of his oh we we don't discuss my guess is we don't discuss enough of the classics oh yeah probably not for him to try. nothing not saying he's old it's just whenever any director above a certain age like what are your favorite films yeah. and it's all 20s 30s 40s 50s stuff yeah always yeah true it's the stuff they grew up on or was the revered stuff when they were coming up so it's what they yeah. gravitate towards now yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my number two. Is that where we're at or your number three? Uh, yeah. Your deuce. Uh, Joker. That's my number two. Uh, I flip flopped between my two and one. I put that at one. Okay. All right. So, I mean, we've talked about it. Came Great. up last oh, week. Yeah. It came up last week. So we talked about it. So then, uh, what's your two? Uh, my two is Skyfall. That's my one. Holy shit. Yeah. I went back and forth. Oh. I was like, well, it depends on kind of what mood I'm in. So I think this is genuinely a coin flip for me personally. Get the, get the coin flip. Get the coin out now. We might as well get the coin out now because we're going to have to figure this out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Skyfall is still – it's my favorite James Bond movie, and it'll take a lot to replace it. And uh, um, just as a film on its own, it's one of the best films ever made in the last 30 years. And uh, just what it does overall with the story of James Bond – is so good in the cinematography, the action sequences, the weird kind of stuff with Javier Bardem's character and the maybe sexual moment that they have together on the island and stuff. Uh, then you're seeing oh, him there's definitely her. some heat. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, there's some, definitely heat. some heat. Whether or not anything transpired, I mean, if not, Javier Bardem's character is upset by that. Well, he's yeah, he's sullen by the fact that it didn't come to fruition. I agree, especially because uh, Lashif got to smack his balls with rope. So it's at least uh, Bartem should have been allowed to do in this situation. But yeah, so much of this uh, film works so well. And as I said, the cinematography, man, I can't talk about that enough. Some of the sequences and this idea of him being brought back and fuck, man, I might go put that on again right now. It's just such a good film. Um, 
That is a that is a good. I I went back and forth. I mean, mm. Joker has more of the socio-political discussion of mm-hmm. society at large and which is a a, a, a tough you know uh, rope to walk it's perilous you could easily fall off and make a shit yeah. you know ham-fisted yeah yeah pretentious just like i get the point yeah. as opposed to letting the story unfold and presenting the argument uh and then skyfall has another impossible hurdle of you have 20 some odd previous movies yeah. decades of movie love you have an expectation level that everybody wants you to meet and for the two of us and quite a few others exceed it by leaps and bounds yeah yeah um but ultimately it came down to i'm a patriot so i went with the american production <laughs> director and actor because i salute the flag you know hello even though Joker would burn the flag in your face, you still salute the flag. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But that is his, uh, you know, uh, a min- his right, his yeah, First true. Amendment right of freedom it's of true. speech. Once again, his American right oh my. that I uphold because oh I'm a fucking patriot, my friend. <laughs> Let's make movies great again. Yeah. Oh, my. okay. All right. That's enough. That'll be about enough of you. Too no, far? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, maybe. But then again, our show's gone too far many, many times in the past before. So why? Are you not? okay? Next week's guest is going to be Kevin Sorbo. Is that fine? No, not again. Not, <laughs> not <Kevin> again. again. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. Um. Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, John Schneider, the one too. Um. No, I mean, I think for. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only reason I made the switch is because. Uh, I just wanted to end on a happier note of my list than Joker, which That's is such fair. a such a uh, bit of a downer exploration of our society um, that really works, by the way, uh, but a tough watch nonetheless. Um, but yeah, I mean, both of them are just such high quality uh, that it's tough to choose between the two, which is why our coin is going to do so uh, in a few seconds, I imagine. Um. And stay tuned. We forgot to mention earlier, we do have shout outs. Yes. Yes. At the end of all this. But here is, uh, all right, so we're going to hash out. So I got the coin ready. All right, let's do it. It's Joker versus uh, a Skyfall. Okay. Here we go. Get the uh, bongos out here. Hold on. Oh. Yes. Maybe it's advantageous when it flies across the room. Skyfall wins because yeah. the landed right next to me. All right, so I would say the margin next because that's three four. Okay. Um, the Martian next. Okay, that makes sense. That's your four. It's my three. That's right. That's a good point. Okay. Um, and then after that, so we've got Birdman is three eight four eight. Okay. Do you, where do you have that? Uh, Birdman, I had at number three. Yeah, three. So it's three eight versus where'd you have Jojo? Jojo is at eight. Okay, so we'll go Birdman then Jojo. Okay. Uh, and then we have Whiplash, but that's not till later. Don't do you have the Martian? Do you not put it on your list? No, the Martian's already on there. It's number three. Okay, sorry, sorry. So what number are we up to now? That's one through five done. Okay, got it. Okay. 
And we have Whiplash in common, which I have at nine. You have at seven? Uh, six. Six. I think you should go there. All right, sure. Yeah. And I don't think we have anything else, correct? Uh, like no. E, I don't John think so. Wick, 12 Years a Slave? No. Okay. So All right, so uh, I've got my five. What's your next highest? <laughs> my five, Doom. Let's go, Matt. Let's go. Maybe you'll win this one. What do you got? Maybe you'll win this one, you condescending jerk. <laughs> I mean, the the gentlemanly thing would be, I, you know what? Oh, you're right. The you know what? Where, no, no, no. We're going to flip. You know what? Maybe I'll win this one. So I'm going to flip. Okay. Sorbo would have just let me have my choice. <laughs> Sorbo doesn't know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, that's not true. Every day is Patriots Day. That's one. right. <laughs> it's Patriots Day and Flag Day together. Uh, oh. All right, here it is. You motherfucker. Yeah. Must what was your day. bullshit movie again? Must my day. Must be my day. Uh, Dune, right? Yeah, Dune. Oh. Whoa. Um, all right, I have my six. Mm-hmm. What's your next highest? Six, Whiplash. Oh, no, I guess uh, it's already on there, right? Whiplash? Yeah. So, t- yeah, your six goes, man. And I have my seven. As do I. Blade Runner 2049. What's your seven? Uh, my seven is uh, John Wick, so I'm flipping. How many? Okay, how many? How many do slots do we have left? This is the last one. This whole kick and boodle. You're really gonna okay? Yeah, flip. Yeah, I am. Yeah, watch this. Okay, I'm watching. Wow, behind the back flip. Hey, finally gets one. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. Damn it, Blade Runner 2049 left off the list. You did that to Denis. Well, you know, that's the superior movie to Dune, and yet you chose Dune. Oh, that's a good point. point. All right. Uh, Let's do this thing. Um, What's it? So we have our... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Go for it. The top 10 October releases from 2012 to 2022. Yeah. We got a shorter title. At number 10. John Wick. At number nine. Fury. Oops. At number eight. Nightcrawler. At number seven, Dune. At number six, Whiplash. At number five, Jojo Rabbit. At number four, Birdman. At number three, The Martian. At number two, Joker. And our number one film is... Is Skyfall. Let the Skyfall... Let it stumble. All right. Um, all right, let's do some shout outs, man. Thank you all, all so much for watching or listening to our show um, or watching it, whatever you prefer. But let's do some shout outs to give some love to these patrons, right, Matt? Uh, yes, sir. Um, this is for everybody that donates at five dollars and above. This is our way of saying thank you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the month, we uh, give you a shout out on the show. So um, our first one comes from, um, I guess, Jarhead955. Yeah, there you go. Um, Sprizzle. Dan Howland. Oliver Madral. Mike Boder. Scotchy Collins. Steve Smith. Drew Gorzinski. Uh, Roby. Pele Cole. 
Deepak Maurer, David Steven, Andrew Robinson, Francisco Ramirez, Michael Bauer, Colton Thompson, Callie Onken, Lachlan Skinner. I'm sorry, I had to scroll down. Lost my place there for a second. Joseph Curran. Fred Castillo. Charles J. Clark. Zachariah Kaufman. Jeff Dickin. Uh, Francisco J. Torres. Connor Tiu. Michael D. Dyke. Tim Reimer. Eric Bruin. Matt Simmons. Jeremy Bowers. James Petty. Nick Francis. Christopher Brockman. Blake Gant. Cameron Chapman. Alex Russell. Paul Cree, Stacy Flores, Kristen Kurtz, Gareth Weldon, Timothy R. Williams, Nick Baldwin, Cheney Taylor, Ahmad Ali, Darren Bush, Angela Dashner, Drake Fromsdorf, Josh Lawrence, Chelsea Lewis, Adelardo Fuente, Reagan Lovig, Rodrigo Verde III, Andre Constantinescu, Steve Shalakabayer. Houston Bodily, Roque Orellana, Maurice Robinson, Brandon Caridi, Marlon T. A. Z. Badfish, Ravi Prasad, Josh Mabry, Josh Murphy, Josh Sachs, George Menchaca, Dale Varley, Ashley Prowls, Sam Fernando, Kevin Fuss, Ryan McKenna, Brian Akins, Kevin Hills, Alexander Marzonia, Garth Wisenant. Mike Barrington, Noel Kelleher, Jim Payne, Andy Ortiz, John Keefe, Kristen Smith, Marcel Behrman, James Trapani, Drew Enns, Dan Nye, Matthew Hassel, Andrew Marker, Chris Jones, Luke Larson, Chris Cabrera, Robert Haley, and Anthony Castlenova. There it is. Thank you to everybody that supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And if you'd like to uh, hear your name shouted out at the end of the show, join us over there. There's all kinds of different tiers and different fun uh, for all our patrons. And our thanks to all of you means the world that you support the show. And we wouldn't be here without you. For sure. sure. You can uh, follow the show on Twitter at top 10 show all spelled out. And on Instagram and YouTube, it's forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. And uh, you can follow me at Mad Nose. Check out Settle the Score. It's the other movie-related uh, show that I do. John has been a guest of. Yeah, a lot of fun. And uh, you can find that anywhere you get podcasts, or you can go to YouTube.com forward slash Matt Nost and watch it over there. There you go. Uh, as for me, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Outlaw Nation on Twitch, my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash John Roca Says, uh, and my other podcasts that are out there for you to enjoy, The Cinephiles, uh, strong style and the hot mic which is now being sponsored by above the line so go and check them out and have some fun in listening to those as well all right well thank you all so much for joining us you guys are awesome and we will talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10 show peace Ooh.